0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 715 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and the Murdoch Method. On this week's episode, we chat about biosecurity with veterinarian Camilla Jamieson. We get an update from Wendy Murdoch and then Judge Fee Anderson gives us a tip about impulsion and collection.
1: is reese Koffler stanfield from georgetown kentucky
0: and this is philip parks from rockwood ontario and you're listening to the dressage radio show well
1: hi phil how are you
0: doing pretty good i mean the the weather temperature wise has been bouncing around a little bit but uh mm. i mean that can make for some fresh horses after you know <laughs> if you get a week uh-huh. of warm weather and then a, a cooler days i mean uh-huh. but uh, it's it's all good yeah
1: that was us good. last month you know, there was some praying because they were so used to Florida and then we came back and it was warm and then it was snowing and then it was like, oh my goodness. So I, I feel you. We're, we're a month ahead of you. We just had that discussion of like, do we put the sheets away? And I was like, maybe one more week, but they're oh. they're heading in that direction. They're heading to the washer is what's happening for sure.
0: Well, I think um, this week is our first CDI in Ontario, so that's that's exciting. Um, It's about four hours. It's in Ottawa, so that's not something that we would normally go to. I mean, it can be warm weather, it can be nice, Mm -hmm. but it can also be snowing and raining and and all this stuff. So,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm scared of shows in May. They make me
0: nervous.
1: <laughs> we have a show, our, our like local show, is at the last weekend of May, and that's usually hot. It's usually okay, but May um, hey, is really woo-hoo, derby weekend. We've been to too many wet derbies to go to. I know. Uh, I'm like, um, I'm gonna hold it home for a few weeks. So yeah. So I get what you're saying. So anyone that's but then, braving yeah, the weather, yeah. I
0: mean, per- perhaps you know, people are you know getting that show into. You know, hopefully there's some riders who are, are chasing the, the Pan-American dream, right? We were just talking about it's off happening. air. so
1: We were just talking about that off air. And um, we will update you. I haven't heard much. It's been pretty quiet on the U.S. side. I haven't heard anything. So as soon as we do and we get some updates, uh, we'll try and get some of the riders on and talk about their Pan-American journey. So I, I love it. So, Phil, you guys, when is your first show? Is it coming up?
0: Uh, Mid-June that's the okay. time and then yeah, yeah. we
1: uh, I'm, I'm with you and then you go full tilt for for like 12 weeks you almost have your own your own florida cuz you it's so short <laughs> the time that you can show florida you north. get really busy florida north you get really busy for for the summer months um so i love it yeah well we have a great show but i'm really excited about this i i actually i was everybody I hope you enjoy this cuz i really made Phil read this cuz i'm excited Um, On howtodressage.com, what do the dressage letters mean? There are a couple theories. And, Phil, tell us about theory one. I'm excited about this.
0: All right. So, at some point before 1918, markings were seen on the walls of the stable yard of the Royal Manstall, the Imperial German Court in Berlin. The marks indicated where each horse was positioned by its groom to await its rider. Yeah, I've heard this one before.
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this was essential because the stables housed 300 of the Kaiser's horses. So it's just an, uh, an organization technique. Mm-hmm. The yard itself mm-hmm. was Love called it. the Hof. The yard measured roughly 20 by 60. So the letters marked on the walls indicated the following. A for Ausgang, So that's the exit. Mm-hmm. B for Banner Traeger. That's the standard bearer. F for Prince,
2: mm-hmm.
0: H for Hofmarshal, K for Kaiser, M for Meyer—that's a steward. Mm-hmm. R for Ritter, which is a knight. Okay, so mm-hmm. these all make sense, right? These v, make sense. Yeah, V for for Vassal, which would be uh, uh, the servant. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, that all that all makes sense. But
1: there's an absence of C. So we don't know what C was. Hmm. So, I know. So that would—that's an interesting theory. I, I can—I could get behind that theory. I've heard that theory before. There's also theory number two.
0: All right. It is. It involves the German cavalry. The space between the stable blocks, and the barracks measured twenty by sixty, and was hmm. used for general assembly and morning exercise. It's logical to assume that the cavalry will. Adopt similar markings that their predecessors uh, from the Kaiser's court. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of you know rolling cavalry with theory one, right? Because it's not
3: mm-hmm.
0: a separate it's a theory; king. it's kind mm-hmm. of built upon it, right?
1: I like it. And the first manual was published in 1882, and you can see the diagram of the indoor arena, the Ratschban, shown measured 40 by 20 meters. So that's interesting. I don't okay. know, everybody. We want to tell you about it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess, yeah, this will be an ongoing discussion. or
1: Right. Or, so if anybody knows more, email us. Because we thought that this was kind of interesting. And uh, it's still a mystery. Nobody nobody knows. And I think that's what's so interesting, is we all follow these letters religiously. And then we don't really 100% know the history. Uh, but I think these are two... I kind of like the, I, I like the combo of one and two. That seems to make the most sense to me. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. So we just thought that was a little bit of fun. We wanted to bring a little fun because we got a really fun show tonight. But our next interview, I think everyone's going to really appreciate it. I appreciated this interview from Dr. Camilla Jamison about biosecurity at horse shows. So we hope you learn some stuff.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
3: Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day. And most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. In a natural form, so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement.
0: This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com.
1: Well, tonight we are thrilled to have Dr. Camilla Jamieson. She is an internist and currently the Associate Professor of Large Animal Emergency and Critical Care at Purdue University. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you guys tonight. Well, we're thrilled. Well, we also want to tell everybody she is also a dressage rider, but she's got her doctor hat on today. And uh, this is a great topic because I think it's really pertinent for all of us. And um, when we were, sh- were talking this morning, you said, why don't we talk about biosecurity at horse shows and how yeah. not to bring anything home with you? And I was like, that is an awesome topic. So I'm going to let you <laughs> kind of take it away on, on safety for that because it's great. Awesome.
4: Perfect. Yeah. I mean, the weather is getting better. Everything is, you know, starting up again. It's springtime. Everyone wants to get out and show, but it's always such a big concern. You're mixing a whole bunch of horses that haven't been mixed for a long time. They're never going to see each other again. And you never really know. I mean, health certificates are great, but all a health certificate really says is that at the time that that horse was examined, they were not showing any signs of disease. So hopefully every horse at any show that you're at will have a health certificate to come onto to that premises. Um, they'll have a negative Coggins if you're in America. And then beyond that, there's not really any, you know, they're required to have vaccinations at most shows, but depending on where you're showing the vaccine requirements can be different and there's not really any requirement for anyone to declare what may or may not be wrong with a horse or what may or may not be going on at a barn back home where these horses have come from. And then also there's a number of conditions and I'm sure everyone is aware of the number of different equine herpes virus outbreaks that have happened around the world recently. But both herpes and strangles are two very contagious respiratory conditions that can have really serious implications down the road. And both of those can be carried asymptomatically and transmitted before you even know that your horse might be carrying them. So basically, not to terrify everybody, but horse shows are the worst possible thing we can do in terms of biosecurity because you take a whole bunch of horses that don't know each other, mix them together in usually a enclosed airspace, and put them in a relatively stressful situation. So, from that point of view, I thought talking about some really practical things that we can do to that every day, everyone from you know grooms, kids, through the most experienced riders can do to help minimize some of those risks and keep our horses as safe as possible so that we can all have the best show seasons that we can.
0: Well, I think there's a, a lot, a lot of requirements that all shows should, should do. I mean, from, from the, from the point of view of, you know, how do they do it at an international show? Um,
5: mm-hmm.
0: You know, they, they require, you know, uh, temperature checks. So that was a, a big thing that came in. I don't know. Was that 2019? But uh, yeah,
4: that you know, was 20- after the Valencia. It was after yeah. the Valencia outbreak of EHV one. Right before, no, right after COVID. that yeah, that's FEI what I was made
0: wondering, it mandatory. Like, you know, I yeah, think it was world.
1: 2000. The the app came in. I think it was 2021. Because I think Wellington I was going to say it was early. Yeah. Yep. Because mm-hmm, we were. That was the first time we started using the the FEI app. So that's that's FEI, mm-hmm. right? So can can you talk a little bit about kind of the FEI? I think is. Is, is more on top of it than national shows, yeah, depending absolutely. on where you are. But can you kind of talk about the difference between those two? Between national and FEI? Right, right, for biosecurity. Because biosecurity yeah. and, and FEI is a little bit, is, is way stricter. Yeah, well, FEI is
4: much more managed and dictated to you. And they're much more aware of biosecurity, um, especially at the equine herpes virus level. So when we talk about it, we talk about equine herpes virus or EHV-1. There have always been vaccination requirements for influenza, um, and they've introduced really strict EHV-1 vaccination requirements and temperature check requirements. But those, unfortunately, have not translated over to, as far as I know, anyone's national showing. Definitely not to the national level in America. Um, well,
0: here, here in and, Canada, they've they've attempted to do the same at, at all the oh, really? uh, national shows, and only oh, that right. if uh, you're taking a you know a horse to an international show. There's a national show going on at the same time. So it sort of kind of made sense. Um, you know, they, they've quarantined the, the feI barns, right? There's a separate FBI barn where, you know, different security thing. But I mean, horses from one stable are getting shipped to the same showgrounds, regardless of which stable they're they're going to stay in at the showground. So they, I think it just made a lot of sense. So can you talk about, uh, you know, what, what are those um, basic requirements that, that a person could help prevent disease from spreading?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the basic, the initial, the initial basic things that we talk about the most are the influenza and the herpes vaccination, so the flu rhino vaccinations, and making sure that your flu rhino vaccinations are up to date. And if you are showing at any level, I would strongly recommend keeping up with the FEI requirements. So, making sure you vaccinate on that six monthly schedule because there, you know, if you go back to the raw vaccine data, there is evidence, there is antibodies present through that, you know, that one year period, which is what the vaccine companies say, you know, that's the minimum that you need to vaccinate your horse. But if you are exposing them repeatedly to lots of other horses who may or may not have, the same vaccine, you know, rigor of vaccine protocol that you're doing, vaccinating every six months is a really, really good idea for flu and herpes. I will say one caveat to that is, because everyone's talking about the neuro herpes and the neuro herpes is such a hot topic. The vaccine does not necessarily prevent the a horse from getting the neurologic strain of herpes, and the vaccine companies are working really, really hard on developing a specific neuro herpes vaccine, but they haven't managed to do that yet. So you can do everything you possibly can to prevent and to vaccinate your horse to protect them from from getting herpes, from getting the neuro strain of herpes. But you know, it's not something that the vaccine, even in the best, most gold standard vaccinated horse, is a hundred percent protected from that specific strain. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about, especially that fact, why the biosecurity measures and how you minimize aerosol transmission of disease between horses is so important because that's the other side of that seesaw is you can protect your horse with vaccines as much as you can, but there's only so much we can do with vaccines. And just because your horse is vaccinated doesn't mean you can
1: be slack on all of the other things. So what, what are some of those things we can do at a horse show, just a, a national yeah. horse show, not an international, it's same thing that you'd be doing the same thing at, at both types of competitions. Yeah, I think, you know, some of the biggest things
4: are not sharing tack. And I know that sounds really uncollegiate, but horse shows are especially, you know, at lower levels or national levels, you know, there's often a lot more amateurs showing you're just more likely to have forgotten something and nobody wants to be the unfriendly person who doesn't let someone share a bit or share a bridle or share a halter but those are all the things that are right around your horse's nose and mouth and really do not share those that is one of the really big things keep your tack dedicated to each individual horse and don't don't share it between them if you do have to share anything between horses Even just having Clorox wipes. So the nice thing about strangles and the nice thing about herpes virus is they are actually very easy to kill in the environment as long as you use a disinfectant product like bleach. And that is something that I do is I always have bleach wipes in my trailer and I always have a spray bottle of bleach. And if I have any concerns about anything, you know, if my horse goes up nose to nose with somebody, I would never recommend wiping their nose out with a bleach wipe, but a baby wipe even. No. Just anything you can do to reduce contamination between horses. And then the other really big one is like water troughs and drinkers. Do not let your horse drink out of communal water sources, Ew. especially oh. for strangles. But, yeah. you know, and those Ew. are the things that don't happen at FEI, but they are the things yeah. that absolutely do happen at national level competitions. You know, like just those times when horses share space and share nose to nose, anything that is nose to nose contact or mimics nose to nose contact.
1: And, and um, what about? Temperature taking.
4: I mean, that, that's a pretty good practice, isn't it? Yes. And honestly, you should be taking your horse's temperature twice a day when you're at a show, regardless. And one thing I will say is it's a really good thing to do if you are going to be planning on showing a lot, is to just do it for a week or two at home and make sure you know what your horse's normal is. And know, first of all, just get them used to having their temperature taken. Not all horses are totally okay with you taking their temperature. Train them so that it's not something weird and unusual that you're doing at the show. And also know where your horse runs. Make sure you have a thermometer that works and any sign of a fever. So your horse should be, if you're in Fahrenheit, you should be between 97.5. And technically, if you look in textbooks, it'll say 101 or 101.5. But this is where learning your horse is normal. Most adult horses are not above 99. And starting to learn because that that early difference between if your horse is always a 99 at home and they're 101.1, If you Google it, it'll usually, you know, you'll see that's within normal range, but that may be a whole degree higher than your horse is normally running. And that may be the very beginnings of them starting to run a fever. And the Mm -hmm. sooner you know, first of all, the more fair it is on your horse, you can pull them from competition, but the more, the sooner you can take action, get your vet to look at them, get them isolated from anyone else. And if Mm -hmm. everyone was doing those things, then all of our horses are that much safer.
0: Right, well, here, right. here's what I was going to say about the biosecurity se- thing is that it's everyone's responsibility, yeah. uh, you know, going to a show to make sure that you're bringing a, a healthy horse. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, e- even recently, um, we had a, a small, you know, whatever, it, whatever it was, a, a thing go through the barn and, and three, three mm-hmm. of the 10 horses had a bit of a nasal discharge. You know okay. then then we just say okay we're gonna shut everything down um right. you know i was supposed to go to a clinic i called the clinic organizer i said i, I don't think i can go you know that kind of thing and mm-hmm. and you know don't don't pass stuff around like and and right. you know for for my own horse we had a, a vet scheduled to come in to do a, a dental exam and mm-hmm. i i just called that vet and i said no like you know if if you don't mind we're, we're it's not a good idea for you to come. We, can we reschedule for two weeks from now? You know, it was yeah. an emergency appointment, but yeah. you know vets, you know vets appreciate that. Uh, the Absolutely. clinics appreciate that, and everybody who's like bringing a horse to that clinic is is um, should appreciate that, anyways. And then you know, um, exactly. Turned out he was okay, and, things- and, and that worked out fine. But uh, I mean, it's just be prepared to uh, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, who do you, who do you know is coming to the barn, if you've got a, a, a mm-hmm. farrier coming and, and they've been to, you know, it, like all of these biosecurity measures should be practiced in your own barn and, and, right. and feeling like you're responsible for every, every other person and horse that, that uh, not only you, but the professionals coming in to, to do work on, you know, mm-hmm. on their feet and then, uh, their, yeah, the vets, absolutely. you know, they, yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, personal responsibility.
4: Right. And transparency and being, you know, being open and being flexible, being willing to reschedule, be all of those things that you're saying are so appreciated from the vet side of things. It's so appreciated if somebody, and you don't even have to say why necessarily, if you don't want to share that, but you know, if you, you know that your owners and your riders are taking that personal level of responsibility is amazing and it's, I always feel a little bit like you want to do the best you possibly can, but also prepare yourself for the fact that other people might not be, you right. know, as, yeah. as
0: yeah. conscientious it about these a issues. little,
4: yeah, you don't want to blame anyone else for anything, but you right. have to be prepared that not, and the heart, the really hard thing also, you know, the three really big things that I worry about in terms of biosecurity are equine herpes virus, strangles and salmonella. And Ew. The really (laughs) scary thing about those three are that all of them can be shedded, especially strangles and salmonella can be shedded from horses, especially in times of stress with absolutely no clinical signs. So you can have a Mm. horse that has salmonella and they're an asymptomatic carrier of it and they shed it in their manure. And if another horse eats that grass where that horse pooped, and that of in your horse's immune is is naive, they can get incredibly sick. They can get horrible colitis diarrhea. But the horse who is shedding it, you know, up to twenty percent of horses in stressful situations, whether they're sampling at horse shows or sampling in hospitals, shed salmonella without showing any signs of it whatsoever. And it's about five wow. percent of horses shed strangles.
1: No kidding. Wow. And oh this, my gosh. Well, yeah. yeah. We could keep you online all <laughs> night, and and now I'm significantly grossed out. I'm like, oh, gross. <laughs> but uh, anything else? I mean, so we're not sharing tack. We're taking our temperatures. We're making sure our horses are up to date on their vaccinations. Their health certificates are up to date. Um, making sure our neighbors aren't bringing sick horses. Anything we're, else? And I think we're the disinfecting stuff.
0: Say- we got our wipes, you know. We and got we're, our wipes. We're, 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 we're disinfecting spraying down stuff. the stalls. I mean, that's something that uh, you know, I yeah, personally, I been. Should- yeah, just spraying down the stall to say, okay, you know, yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure that, you know, that's an easy.
4: Yeah, there's some great over the counter. Before
0: you put your horse in a, in a stall, you're, you're, you know, yeah. spray. We get our bottle. To make sure
4: it's, you just make sure that anything left over from the previous horse, you know, spray it off and wipe it down. And especially, you know, if there's communal water buckets or anything like that or waterers. I know some of the places around here have waterers, automatic waterers. Make sure you dump it. And it fills with fresh water and you wipe it out. But the other thing, just going back,
3: yeah, yeah, bring your own bucket. There you go. Bring your own bucket and
4: don't turn off the water. (laughs) Don't let them drink from that. But the other thing, and this is, I think, the other one that's really easy to forget about going back to the salmonella is don't share pitchforks outside of your own stabling. You know, keep pitchforks to the horses that travel together and manure, like manure buckets, because anywhere that you're introducing fecal material from a, a horse that you don't know, into your horse's stall or into your horse's environment is putting them at risk for picking up salmonella.
1: Oh yeah, that's a great that's so, a great tip because I I mean we've all done it. We're like oh hey you're dumping let me just put this in here so we borrow exactly. that exactly.
4: Okay mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And if you These do and if it does have that bleach around. Spray the bleach, let it dry, and then as long as there's no as long as the surface is dry and there's no organic material so there's no like poop left over on it, salmonella
1: is killed by bleach very very easily. So. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, Dr. Jamieson, anywhere we can find you or more information about this, that would be amazing if anybody has any more questions. Yeah. I mean, I'm available. You can find all of my information online. Feel free to shoot me an email.
4: It's cajamies at purdue.edu, which is C-A-J-A-M-I-E-S for sun at purdue.edu, which is P-U-R-D-U-E. Otherwise, the AAEP um, has a lot of really good resources. So if you Google AAEP and then either vaccine guidelines or biosecurity or horse show biosecurity or salmonella, they have a whole lot of PDFs available. And some of them are aimed at veterinarians and some of them are aimed at owners and riders. So yeah, those are the main resources I would would direct people to. And so yeah, feel free to shoot me an
1: email. Oh well, fantastic! Thank you for this information. It was amazing and and very helpful and good for all of us to be reminded how to not to uh, not, not to
4: ruin friends. the show season with these terrible like. I feel like it's always such <laughs> a negative thing right? to talk about, but yeah, <laughs> an ounce of prevention well. is worth. A pound of cure. So exactly. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. It's been wonderful to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for having me.
5: Especially with performance horses,
1: flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment. Of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use, I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than Spalding fly predators. Well, we are so excited for this month's Where's Wendy? Wendy Murdoch, where are you, my friend, and how you doing?
5: Where in the world is Wendy? It's so funny.
1: I am doing great. I am
5: in Lexington, Kentucky this weekend uh, for the AAETT conference where I'm going to be presenting Surefoot and riding and Surefoot and riding together, mounted, unmounted. They have me down for like five demos. I am so excited
1: about this. I know. And And, everybody, did Wendy call me? I mean, I'm a little bit, I'm a little (laughs) fluffy with her. You're going to be be out of town. I am actually going to be out of town. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm giving a clinic in St. Louis. Shout out to my girls in St. Louis. I'm really excited. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing Wendy because she's like right in my neighborhood and we're literally missing each other, which is such a bummer.
5: But, and that, um, a, okay, the ATT is the American Association of Equine Therapists. Did I get it right? There's one more And in technicians. There. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. You got it. And, and you're going to Midway University, which is a great university, which is fantastic. Um, so, I, I remember
5: midway when I was here in, I will say it, 1984 to 1980, actually 81 to 86. It was a college back then. Now apparently it's a university. This is like awesome. Right.
1: That's right. Really right. awesome. That's, that's right. Yeah.
5: Yep, so that's I'm fun. really excited. There's going to be like uh, a lot of people there and they're doing it virtual and live, which will be really, really interesting. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't done that before, but uh, it's really exciting because what they're doing is unifying uh, the the technicians and the therapists, because we need national representation for, you know, equine therapies. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just saw a post today on Facebook talking about how somebody couldn't get a vet to their horse. And the vet crisis is huge. The the large animal vet crisis is huge. So we really need to figure out a way to have recognition for the other therapists that can help out and do a lot of this stuff. You know, like in the human world, we have PAs right that's right and I and I think if we're really gonna be able to come up with a solution for the veterinary crisis we're gonna have to figure out something like that so this is a really interesting program and they're they're I I don't know how new they are but I've known them now for a couple of years and, and they're really uh working hard to get you know create like national standards and that sort of thing and recognition for people and certifications and, and all. So I think it's a really awesome organization and I'm really proud to be their speaker this weekend. Um, and I am going to
1: be so busy. <laughs> I know. I love it. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. And you're really busy launching another program, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the whole rider is really coming together and I'm, I,
5: it's, I uh, didn't focus on letting you know I was coming cause I was too busy working on the whole rider course. Um, it's like my, it has to be done for me to go on safari. So it's while I would have loved to actually start it a little bit later, this is where I'm at. And we are coming in now. We're going to be launching the end of this month. So if you haven't um signed up for the early interest wait list, you just type in the whole That's t h e w h o l e r i d e r dot com and get on the early interest wait list because we're going to be releasing free videos. We've got three free videos and a free on-demand webinar that I'm doing. And you know, I'm. I've been doing these surveys of my people, and the latest one I did, I asked them, you know, are you a lifetime rider, a returning rider, um, or you know, just now getting to live your dreams? I couldn't believe it. Like 60% of my audience are lifetime horsewomen, which is like fantastic that these people so cool. have been, yeah, been able to keep going. But you know, the other survey I asked was, do you have pain and do you have fear? And it seems like as we get older, we're a little more concerned about things. And so, one of the things I'm going to be addressing in the in the free uh, videos and the on demand webinar is strategies to help us deal with this. And I've been talking to a lot of people. I'm going to have some amazing guests when I launch the course that are going to join me on the course and and really help when keep doing what they want to do, which is ride and you know be with their horses. And they're riding like three times a week. The majority of them, it's just Really, really awesome. And um, you know, it's it's been really interesting to do these surveys and learn more about my audience. I had one woman, she is the oldest exercise jockey, female jockey up in Saratoga. And I'm gonna try and get her for a webinar because I think that is so amazing.
1: That is so cool. That is awesome.
5: Oh, and I do, is I very know, true. oh, I do have one more thing, and I don't know if you saw it when I put out my email oh, about my. the Kentucky. I know it's like we haven't talked in a while. Gronk. Yeah. Was with it with the. FanDuel commercial with the horse that stood on surefoot pads before she went on stage. I've just lost the woman's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luna's the horse's name, and she goes to stand on her surefoot pads, and then she goes on stage and does her commercials, and she was with Gronk. Now, I don't think Luna really appreciated that, but omg, oh, I know oh. that other people who <laughs> saw oh, the commercial thought it was fantastic. And that,
1: we- is, we- that is crazy.
5: Oh my and gosh. You- congratulations. But- and I love it. I and love it. And we made it. her special black Surefoot pads because on stage everything has to be black so it doesn't show up. So we have now made special black Surefoot pads for Luna so that she can do her stage stuff and still get her her little spa moment on her Surefoot pads before she goes on stage. I'm actually thinking about doing a limited edition run just for Luna. I think that would be so awesome.
1: Oh gosh, been, that would be. <laughs> so cool oh my gosh that is <laughs> fantastic well wendy as always we just love chatting with you how can our listeners find you online uh for more information about everything you're doing
5: okay oh and by hi phil i know you didn't say word edgewise but i want you to know i know you're there oh
0: okay yeah hi Wendy. <laughs> he knows,
5: wendy. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> poor phil he knows. Um, get on here just well. go for it so if you want to be on the early interest wait list to get the free videos for the you go to that and just put your email address in and you'll be on the list and we'll be launching that the end of this month of may um otherwise you can go to murdoch method on surefoot on on facebook um and of course surefoot is surefootequine.com or surefootequine on facebook so i'm gonna make it simpler for people i have pulled back wendymurdock.com, which actually i've had for a million years but i had it parked and i'm gonna make a uh, home, a homepage, a landing page to help people figure out what part of my world they're interested in. And so I can get them in, but stay tuned on all that right. one. I haven't, I haven't done it yet.
1: <laughs> so cool. Well, Wendy, as always, thank you so much and have a great weekend here in the Bluegrass. Thanks. And I'll miss you. I'll say hi I to miss you all you too. In St.
4: Louis. Okay. Bye. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide, 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your
3: horse. Join today at usrider.org.
1: Well, for this week's trainer tip, we have Fee Anderson. She is newly appointed large R dressage judge and FEI rider and trainer. Fee, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Well, you've got a great tip for us. Can you tell us about it? I can indeed. So my tip this
2: time is speed is not impulsion and collection is not slow. Now that might seem very easy to, yeah, speed is not impulsion in, in effect, When we try to create impulsion and end up speeding up our horses, we kill the impulsion. Uh, We lose the swing in the back and the throughness. And on the flip side, when we ride collection and we try and bring the horse back to us, if we lose the activity, we, we we lose everything. Without some forward inclination, we cannot create collection. We lose the hind end. And it makes it much harder for the horse to do whatever we're trying to set it up to, whether it's a can't a pirouette or pf? they have to have some quickness behind.
0: So, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you a bit of a, uh, maybe not the easiest question here, but if you had to choose one, which side of the coin would you prefer? Oh, too, too fast I'm... and running or too slow and, and dragging, dragging feet?
2: Well, for me, um, a swinging back is really important. So I would almost rather have a little slower behind that i know that i can quicken up than a horse that's running hard into my hand um, and stiff as a board in the back now that's personal preference and i'm sure other trainers riders would have a different view on this Um, but i know i can get a horse quick i want it soft in the back first and then i can get it quicker if i need to
0: i'm in your camp
1: too yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's a you kind of like you said a, a per- personal preference. That's why I asked, and I, I, you know, I had n- no idea what you were going to say. But uh, I think I, I, I mean, it depends on the horse, right? I think it, you know it's yeah, better yeah. to ride each horse the opposite way to which it wants to go.
2: Right. Like if you have a horse that's just is very naturally supple and swinging, um, then you can you can push it a little bit more without lose that losing that if the, that elasticity is natural. Where if you have a, a tight horse that that does not like to swing in the back, then then that is definitely not one I
1: would push in that direction. I would do whatever I could to loosen up the back and get more swing in. Yeah. No, I think that that's a a great one. So once again, speed is not impulsion and collection is not slow. So I think that's an awesome tip. Well, Fee, thank you so much for this tip. How can our listeners find you online if they have any more questions for you?
2: I am on Facebook. Um, I usually use my personal Facebook page and it is Fee Students Anderson. And then I have a very silly TikTok channel where we do fun stuff. Nothing serious there. The more serious stuff goes on Facebook.
1: I love it. Thanks, Fee.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, as always, we love emails and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. Uh, It makes our day. And don't forget, we still have our book club of the month or quarter going on. Eric Smiley, the sport horse problem solver, what works, what doesn't, and how to make it better. And I have, I'm, I'm still, if you still hear me, I'm still a little bit sick. But I've been trying to rest a little bit in the afternoon, um, and I've been reading the book. So I'm really enjoying it. I've, it, yeah, it's great. I think everyone will will really like this. I think it will hit home. Um, I'm sure you'll find a chapter or two where you're like, "Oh, that's my horse," or "That's my friend's horse." So I think you'll enjoy it. So keep it, keep reading, and we will get our auditor on very soon. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our page at. Network.com search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horseradio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at Network.com.
0: I think the best way to find me is probably search my name on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and the Murdoch Method. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com.
1: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you in a couple weeks.